hey everyone it's your good friend a ron it is october 17th 2023 hope everyone is having an amazing day i realize i haven't done a recording on here since like in almost 30 days oh man i just finished reading the proverbs 15 no 16 no 17 17 is that the one I read? I think that's one. I can't remember. But uh, I'm losing track of things. Uh, this is look. Let's look. Here we go. <clears throat> Let's look. Plans. I'm doing this Bible reading plan with some guys in my church. And I'm trying to stay on track. It's funny because today is the 17th. And that's usually for a long time I did this thing where I read a psalm and a proverb of the day. And so, if it was the 17th, I would read Psalm 17, Proverbs 17. And then on the 18th, Psalm 18, Proverbs 18. But anyway, I haven't done that in a minute. But, uh, all right, this Bible reader player on Proverbs. Yeah, I just read Proverbs 17 particularly verse the last verses the last two verses verse 27 and 28 <clears throat> in the nlt they say a truly wise person uses few words a person with understanding is even tempered even fools are thought wise when they keep silent with their mouths shut they seem intelligent right, i quote that one a lot even the fools consider wise when they hold their tongue. I think that's what the other translations say. But anyway, that's a long way of saying, hey, I'm going to try to keep this introduction brief. We'll see. It's been a while. I have so many stories, y'all. So, 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 so many stories. I just need to write a book. Similar to this is guy, John Eldridge. He wrote a book called Walking with God. And he was sharing all these stories about how he sees God moving in his life. I'm going to share, like, y'all might think I need to be in a hospital, though, when I start sharing these stories. Because it's like, now I think I'm cray-cray. Because, like, even today, I was telling my brother how I can't stand Jason. And um, I hate Halloween. I can't stand, like, Jason. What's the other dude's name? Freddy and Chucky and all them dudes. And... I went to help this na- this guy at our church move, and one of his neighbors had a a uh, all these de- Halloween decorations on his house, and he had a doormat that had all the creepy characters, Halloween characters on the doormat with Chucky on them. And um, today, this woman got in my car, and she was talking about her uh, her and her daughter were talking. About- her daughter had on this weird Grim Reaper shirt chasing these kids saying who's next with a rainbow on it and then they start talking about friday the 13th and how her dad just watched that movie and on the 13th and they were talking about some other weird yeah they were talking about freddie jason all that stuff so yeah i see and hear some creepy stuff some triggering stuff but also, there's a lot of cool stuff that happens, like lights flickering. Um, 
probably won't make sense, but there's this Jehovah Witness that I've been talking to. We actually met for lunch at Chipotle. I actually originally met him at Chipotle, and he, I was trying to explain to him the Trinity and how it's like he's, the Trinity can't be fully understood by man. A human brain can't fully understand the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we can use all the analogies in the world to explain. I use water, ice, vapor. But even then, water, ice, vapor can't be the same thing at the same time. Like water cannot be ice at the same time. Ice cannot be vapor at the same time. It can't be like in the same state at the same time. But God is. He's the same and different. All He can express himself in different ways, but still be the same. Like when Jesus came to earth, he was still God. Anyway, it just it blows my mind, even just talking about it. Anyway, so I was explaining to him water, vapor, ice. Even send him this cartoon this kid did of this piece of ice melting into this empty pond with this fish laying there. Now the fish is alive because the ice melted for it so the fish could live. <laughs> and then, yeah, he told me that... uh he said the way he's had people explain to him is like the Trinity's like electricity or like um or electric guitar, the chords, the power source and the guitar and the strings. I don't know, I forgot what he said. Anyway, ever since he said that, I've been noticing all these things related to electricity. I've been having all these electricians in my car. And yeah, one was in town climbing some climbing poles, one of those pole climbing competitions. There's just so much stuff. I just connect a lot of dots. What else? There's this woman, this couple that was in my car a couple of days ago. I think that was on Saturday when I picked them up. I think it was on Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember. It's in my phone. Let me look. Let's look. What was it? Because her name was unique. I'm not going to say her name, but it was one, but she spelled it differently than I've seen it before. She spelled it with an I instead of a Y. And so, all right, when did I pick her up? I picked them up on the 14th, which would have been, where's my calendar? Saturday. I picked them up from some family gathering that they had. It was him and his um, two ki- his wife and his two kids. And we were talking about boxing and all this stuff, which was a story tied to that. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. But I picked up his wife today because I was like, Hold on, I recognize that name. And then when I dropped them off at the house, I recognized their house. And I was like, hey, didn't I pick up you and your husband the other day? And she was like, oh, yeah. I was like, tell him I said hi. Interesting. Anyway, 
what else? There's been so much going on. I'm just rambling right now. A lot of what I just said, probably none of it probably made sense to y'all, but oh well. All right, let's go to, it makes sense to me. And eventually I'm going to write all this stuff in a book. I got lots of notes in my phone. All right, unless Jesus wants to come back anytime soon, because what's going on in Israel is getting pretty wild. All right, Bible. We're in Exodus chapter 6, y'all. Exodus 6. Promises of deliverance. Then the Lord told Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh when he feels the force of my strong hand. Oh, my bad. I need to read out of the King James Version. Because I might upload this to iTunes. All right. And Spotify and all that good stuff. All right. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Exodus chapter 6, KJV. Now shall thou shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh for with a strong hand shall he let them go with a strong hand shall he drive them out of this of his land and God spake unto Moses and said unto him I am the Lord and I appeared unto Abraham unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them and I and I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel from the Egyptians, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with a great with great judgments. See, this is what I feel like I'm being called to do. When I left my job in corporate America as a banker, I've been hearing all these stories. And, you know, got Ford is over there striking GM. I heard even Waffle House is over there striking. And I looked up, huh, let me look at my little Facebook post. Hopefully I mess my recording up. It doesn't matter. It's a, All right, so the CEO of Chipotle last year, made like $19.2 million or something. Y'all can go look it up. And the year before that, it was down because he made like 19.7 or something like that in compensation. And I'm like, why do you need $19 million to be the the CEO of Chipotle? Like, what does your day look like that you feel like you deserve $19.2 million, $19 million, whatever? That What is going on here? And why, like, the average worker... Doesn't even make nineteen dollars an hour. The average worker for Chipotle won't even make a million dollars in his lifetime. So, like, why does anyway? This is wild. And they're raising prices at Chipotle, and every time I go there, they give you these little baby scoops of meat. And then you got to ask them. The trick is, you be like, hey, can I get a little bit more meat? Because, yeah, I do that every time. Because they be giving that little baby scoop. Now, sometimes there's this one lady. She's like the freaking meat Nazi at Chipotle. And she'll be like, so do you want double meat? And when they do that and get smart meat, I, 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 I respectfully say, thank you, but have a wonderful day. And I walk out. I'm for real. When they try to get all mean and rude like that, 
I'll just walk out. I'll be like, God bless you. You have a wonderful day. And because like, it's like, dude, first of all, you don't own Chipotle. You are just like at the most, maybe a manager here. Like, why do you like, <laughs> I really needed just to boycott Chipotle for real. I think I'm done. I, last time I, I was just there today. And um, I had all these points to, that I finally could redeem to get a free bowl. It ain't even that good. It's okay, but it's not that. It's not even that good anymore. And like half the time I go in, it looks all dirty and nasty. They don't even look like they clean, stay clean. Like I went in there and they had like a, a, a cutting board was just sitting out. I'm like, that's supposed to be getting washed. Anyway. Yeah, I'm done with Chipotle. I'm officially boycotting them over the fact that their CEO makes $19 million and their employees don't even make close to even $19 an hour. And they keep being skimpy on the meat. I should do a whole post. Why I'm boycotting Chipotle. Anyway, um, but there's bigger things to care about in life. My my main thing I was trying to originally say, when I quit my job, I really felt like I was leading, like I'm being like a Moses, like leading this charge, not Aaron, but Moses, leading this charge of people like to, before the great resignation, like, hey, quit your job. You don't like your job? Quit. Go do something else. Free up your, gain your, regain your auto- autonomy. So that you can spend more time with your family and, and and invest in God's kingdom and not have all these excuses why you can't do this or that. Do what you love and you enjoy to do as far as work. Find other ways to make money other than and stop giving these corporations all of the best years of your life. My dad worked at Ford for 29 years, was one year away from retirement, passed away. Gave all those great years of his best years of his life to this company and he didn't get to enjoy his pension, his retirement, none of that. So why should I go slave away at this these companies that don't even care about me? You know? Anyway. Here we go. Verse seven, and I will take you to me for a people and I will be to you a God and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. See the burdens. I feel like these companies, people think I'm crazy saying this because they're so everybody's stuck in this hole. You got to have a job. You got to have a job. And these are the same people that hate their jobs. They hate going every day. I mean, I get it. Life is filled with things that you're not going to like to do. Right. That's life. But I'm serious, man. I love being able to, I mean, I don't get me wrong. There's so many things I'd much rather be doing than driving, like, than doing Uber and Lyft. Honestly, what I really need to do is, like, eventually just buy, like, a nice Mercedes, like, a luxury car, and just go around to these companies, like, for real. One by one, just get, yeah, go up to these companies and tell them, like, hey, if your clients ever need a driver, I'll pick them up anywhere they need. Yeah, I'll pick them up. I'll take them to the airport, and I'll drop them off. I'll take them to your their hotels and their apartment, whatever. Wherever they got to go, they just got to schedule it. 
you know, so many days in advance. Give me at least 48 out, 24 to 48 hours to schedule their rides in advance. And I'll, I mean, I could do that now, my little Nissan Altima. But yes, I will take them to the airport, pick them, yeah, and take them. And also, if they want to go to Kansas City, downtown, whatever, like have some kind of special rate, flat rate, blah, blah, blah. Flat rate to the airport. This is a flat rate. This, I don't know, something like a dollar a mile. Because really, honestly, like Uber only pays me like a lot of times they some anywhere between 60 to 80 cents a mile. Like we add up all the expenses and everything. Anyway, charge people like a dollar a mile. Be a personal driver. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure my life out, y'all. For I really don't want to do this anymore. I just want to just podcast and write, make audio books. But all right, let's keep going. Verse eight. Where was? Let's go verse seven again. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be you a, to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in unto the land concerning which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go and speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of, un- who am of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. All right, let's keep going. Heads of the families, verse 14. These be the heads of their fathers' houses, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hanak and Pelu, Hezron and Carmi. These be the families of Reuben, not Reuben stuttered. And the sons of Simeon, Jemuel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jachin, and Zohar, and Shaul, the son of Canaanitish woman, of a Canaanitish woman, a Canaanitish woman. These are the families of Simeon, and these are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their generations, Gershon, and Kohath, and Merari, and the years of the life of Levi were in 130 and 7 years. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shimi, according to their families, and the sons of Kohath, Amram, and Izhar, and Hebron, and Uziel, and the years of the life of Kohath were in 130 and 3 years. And the sons of Merari, Mahali, and Mushi, these are the families of Levi, according to their generations, and Amram took him, Jacobed, his father's sister to wife, and she bare him Aaron and Moses. In the years of the life of Amram were a hundred and thirty and seven years. And the sons of Izhar, Korah, and Nepheg, and Zikri, and the sons of Uziel, Mishael, Elzaphan, and Zithri, and Aaron took him Elishaba, daughter of Amenadab, sister of Nashon, to wife, and she bare him Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. All right, let's read that again. 
So Aaron married somebody named Elisheba. And he had one, two, three, four. He had four kids. I got four kids. That's funny. I think Ithamar was a girl. The other three are boys. So three boys, one girl. And the sons of Korah, that was the one. Remember, Korah is the dude that got sucked into the ground. Have we read that part yet? I don't think so. And the sons of Korah, Asir and Elkanah and Abiasaph, these are the families of the Korites. And the sons of Korah, they write a bunch of psalms too. And Eleazar, Aaron's son, took him one of the daughters of Petil to wife. And she bare him Phinehas. That's the dude who shoved that nail peg through old dude's head, I think. Yeah. We'll get there too. We'll read that in a bit. All right. These are the heads of the fathers of the Levites according to their families. These are that Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. These are they which spake to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are that Moses and Aaron. Pharaoh's refusal, verse 28. And it came to pass on the day when the Lord spake unto Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I am the Lord, speak unto Thou unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say unto thee. And Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? Basically, my lips are not pure. I'm not even worthy to even talk. Y'all can go read some commentaries on why he used that particular phrase, uncircumcised lips. But we ain't gonna go that deep tonight. I mean, this morning's... I should really be asleep. My sleep is all thrown off. It's like when I need to be sleeping or I'm tired. Like right now, I really should. I, I'm wound up because I've been driving overnight lately. And sleeping at about like 7 in the morning until afternoon. I've been doing a late night drive, but today I shut it down early. Uh, I re connected with my one of my lady friends who I had stopped talking to for a while but I, I was like you know what I'm gonna see how she's doing so I'll talk to her for probably a good hour she lives out in Sacramento she's like 22 somebody said oh yeah I talked to my counselor and he was like he agreed you should never Talk to a woman who, like, consider dating a woman who you wouldn't actually marry. And I actually could see myself marrying my friend out in Cali. Anyway, that's a different story. All right. Uh, we're not going to go that deep. All right. We're in Matthew chapter 6. Boom. Matthew chapter 6. Be right back. Listen to the interlude music.
All right, welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, Aaron. What was crazy is my daughter. So this Sacramento friend is 22, I think. Let me look. Right in my phone. I keep notes on people. It helps me remember things. All right. No, all right, she's 23. Interesting. She was born in 2000. Yeah, she turned 23 in March. All right. So she's 23, right? And we have a lot of good chemistry. I've never met her in person. I met her. I think I originally met her on this app called Live Me a few years ago. And we just kept in touch. And we'll, we have some like the best conversations on the phone. Um, And... I feel like she's one of those people that, you know how there's these people you meet in life who just, like, get you? And y'all just, like, click? She was one of those people. And so, uh, but she is young. But I was just thinking, like, man, she, my oldest daughter is about to be 15. And here, this young lady is 23. Oh, it was, like, very, like, little over eight-year difference. That would be hilarious. But in a way, that might be kind of cool for my daughter to have, like, a young stepmom because they could maybe relate. Even today, she was giving me some parenting tips today, and I was like, that's good. She was talking about rewards and using stickers and stuff. I was was like, man, I sometimes feel like I need another somebody there. It would be good to be married right now even though there's a lot of things I want to have in place before I get married, it would be kind of good to be married because when I have my kids, there are times where I feel like I need somebody else there to like help me make parenting decisions or so I don't come across as like the the mean dad all the time or just someone that just says no. All, like somebody to soften me up a little bit. Sometimes I can be a little hard on my kids, I feel like. And I know I'm being hard, but I feel like I have to be that way, like major pain, because they just run all over me. They be gaining up on brother. Anyway, stay tuned on that. If y'all hear me do a podcast live from Sacramento anytime soon, that's why. Because I'm going to see my friend, lady friend, who I'm considering marrying, who's half Mexican half Native American. She even was just telling me today how she gets all these native these benefits from being native. Like healthcare and yeah. Like, man. I need to see I know I got some Native American blood in me. I need to go get some of these benefits. These tribal benefits. And black people need to get reparations, man. Anyway. Alright. I it cracks me when black people like I don't think we should get reparations. I'm like, sit your behind down. You know, good and well, if they start handing out checks, you're going to be the first one to accept that check. So sit down. <laughs> oh, don't give me no check. I'm like, shut up. You know, good and well, if they send a check, you're going to take it. <sighs> All right. That's my rant. All right. I'm more charged up about that than Chipotle. All right. Y'all forgive me, Lord.
<laughs> this podcast guy went left real fast. All right, Matthew 6. Real religion. KJV. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. This is real hard to do sometimes. It's easy to be like, be that person, be like, yeah, today I was out and I saw this homeless person and I had $100 in my wallet and I was like, I'm going to bless them. And I did and then I prayed for them. And you tell it to like everybody so that you sound like pious and virtuous and a good Christian. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like I'll net like one of my favorite giving stories I'm going to keep telling it. There's some stories I, I can't help tell. I was like, all right, God, I'm just going to tell this story. And uh, if I lose my reward in heaven, so be it. But some stories you just got to tell. But other ones, yeah, it's good to just keep, like, it's hard. Because, like, after you do a good deed for somebody, you want to tell people. It is, like, one of the hardest things to do to, to keep your good deeds a secret and not to take selfies and blast it all over social media. Like, look at me, look at me, look at me helping these people. Do it, yeah, versus knowing that your heavenly father who sees you doing that good deed in secret will reward you in secret. But my favorite giving story is when I was in church at the Cure Church, KCK, is when I first started going there. And I, it's one of my riders, Uber riders, had given me a $100 bill and it was just burning in my pocket. I was like, I was really thought I should have thought about putting it in the bank. I was like, I ended up, you can't give me cash at church because. I'm always tempted to just give it away or just give it. Yeah, it's hard for me to keep cash, period. I'm always giving it away, either to somebody or to church, all right? So anyway, this $100 bill was burning in my pocket, in my wallet. And what's in your wallet? Anyway, so I... A bunch of random thoughts just went through my head. If y'all saw the ticker of random thoughts went through my head, y'all would be like, this dude is weird all right so i decided to give the hundred dollars to the in the offering bucket right it's like a sunday night service or something like that or maybe it was wednesday night i can't it was one of them nights i gave a hundred dollars and then i turned on the uber app after yeah after church and i left i turned on the uber app my first rider is at some at the Argosy at seven seven something Argosy Boulevard or something the Argosy Casino. I go pick up these two white dudes. We have and took them all the way to Lawrence. We had this whole conversation about their daughter who's in rehab and just how they didn't feel like they were worthy of God's grace. And um and I'm just telling them about the gospel, giving them Romans Road to Salvation flyers, and playing Amazing Grace on my car music stereo right and they're crying and we'll just have a whole boohoo session with these two grown men that are probably in like 50s or something like that at the end of that ride they proceed to give me 200 dollars in cash on top of i already made like 50 or 60 dollars on that trip to take them to lawrence they gave me like an extra 200 dollars in cash biggest tip i ever to this day the biggest tip i've ever gotten doing uber and one of my favorite stories to tell how I literally gave a hundred dollars to church and then boom, re- immediately received two hundred dollars. 
In fact, I'm going to tell that story to my pastor on when I meet with him at Panera. I've been meeting with him at Panera on Thursdays every other Thursday for like 30 minutes during his lunch break. I'm going to ask him if I can speak and leave the tithes and offering and tell that story. Anyway, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou dost thine arms, doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. And thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. When thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their for their much speaking. But be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask. <sighs> this scripture is so hard for me. It's like, God, you know all this stuff I need. <laughs> Why do I have to ask, seek, knock, and keep on begging? Like, just, why can't you just... Let it rain, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven. Like, I gave, yeah, that $200 them dudes gave me from Lawrence. There was a guy who I just felt in my spirit who just moved here from, like, Nigeria or something like that to be near his kids. I felt this, I felt in my spirit to give him the $200. Like, I couldn't even hold on to it. <laughs> like, I could have used, like, right now I could use that $200. I had to, like, sell my laptop a couple, like, last other week so that I could even afford my rent this, yeah, pay my rent. Anyway, like, Hey, yeah, I had to let my MacBook go. I was like, I wasn't really using that thing anyway. It's a $1,500 MacBook. I only made like $600 on it after I... It was like three years old, though. I got decent use out of it. I just wasn't using it like I thought I was going to use it to make music and stuff. Anyway, where is I going with that? Yeah, that $200 is burning in my pocket again. And yeah, I have yet to see the uh, return as far as I know. Like... A direct return on that two hundred dollars I gave to this this man. That's why sometimes I wonder, like soil, like what if I had taken that two hundred dollars and given it to the cure again instead of that Nigerian man? It makes me wonder how this like seed time harvest stuff works in the spirit realm. Anyway, Heavenly Father, yeah, you saw that. You saw that two hundred dollars, or I'm waiting on a return on that, and not that we should give to get. But it is cool. There is something to this whole seed time harvest. He who sows sparingly will sow reap sparingly. He who 
gives bountifully, so rebountifully. Give and it shall come back to you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together and running over. Give and it shall come back to you. When you give, you give to the Lord. People rob God when they don't give tithes and offering. But they don't understand, but that they'll be cut off of every blessing. Now the song needs to sing in my old church when I was a kid. All right. Verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Or deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever and ever, 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 ever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. <sighs> it's weird. I need to fast a lot more. I mean, I already kind of do without even really trying. Because I don't really, like, 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 my appetite as I've gotten older has decreased tremendously. My mom, every time I see her, she's always like, are you eating? I'm like, yeah, mom. I just never want to go back to being 210 pounds again. I still feel kind of skinny fat. I got a little stomach on me. Uh, and uh, I got little fat rolls in my head that my kids remind me of when I fade my hair or cut it bald. Anyway... It's weird. One of the reasons I, I'm self-conscious about fasting is like, like when you don't eat, your breath is kind of stale. And you get like stale stank breath. So you got to carry around a little mouthwash or something like that. And then, I don't know. I think I might just do that. I'm going to do follow this day on fast because there's certain things you can eat. But sometimes the day on fast feels like cheating. But... If I'm going to be working, I definitely got to do the Daniel fast. The only way I can do like a, just a straight water fast is I have to like not be working because I'm going to go off on somebody. I mean, I go off, but I start to get cranky and impatient. And I already can't afford to. I had a perfect five-star rating on Uber or Rayboot, and somebody was a hater Gave me a one star. And then this kid, I was over in Kansas, picked up this kid and his girlfriend. He was like, can you please drive slow? I got to finish placing 
my bets or whatever, checking his bets or whatever, because like you can make sports bets in Kansas, but you can't in Missouri. It's illegal. Anyway, dude asked me to drop. So I'm like, dude, time is money. I got to I'm getting you where you need to go. And he got mad at me because I didn't drop slow. I'm like, you could have done this before you were leaving the movie. You could have done this at the movie. You could have done this, yeah, during the movie, after the movie let out, while you're waiting on your Uber this whole time. Why all of a sudden do I have to slow down for you? I could have just, like, waited because it only took him a few minutes. But, yeah, he got mad at me and he gave me a... And he wasn't even the one that ordered the Uber. It was his girlfriend. Woosa. All right. Where was I? Fasting. Yes, I need to fast more. All right, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also the light of the body is the eye there if therefore thine eye be single and thy whole body shall be full of light and if thine eye be evil thy whole body shall be full of darkness if therefore the light if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness how great is that darkness <clears throat> true wisdom no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he would hold to the one and despise the other ye cannot serve god and mammon therefore i say unto you take no thought for your life what shall ye eat or what shall ye drink nor yet for your body what shall you shall what ye shall put on is not the life more than meat in the body than raiment behold the fowls of the air the birds of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? God, do you really want to ask me that question? Because lately, I mean, I'm thankful for my health and my strength, but lately, uh, outside of that, uh, <clears throat> my flesh. It's like God, you see, you see, you see what's going on now. You see these struggles of avoiding, abstaining from lust and masturbation, and having these desires to be with a woman. And uh, yeah, in order to do that, I need to pay off all this debt. In order to pay off this debt, I need you to help me erase it. In order to help me erase it, anyway. All right, let's keep going. All right, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? <laughs> I wish I were a little bit taller. I wish I were a baller. I wish I had a girl in the hood. I would call her. All right, verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, what was Solomon wearing for real? Chinchilla? All right. 
Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye? Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye little Aaron of little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all, these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. All right, I have one more story I wanted to share. I'm going to start having a little segment, story time, something like that. Uh, I'll probably save it for the end of the recording so y'all will actually uh, want to listen to the end. But all right, so this is like what we call these like evangelistic stories, I guess. I don't know. I'll come up with some funny name for it. I'll play this recording for my kids and then let them come up with a name for the segment. So, all right. So, um, my counselor, his name is Mike and I've been seeing him for like the last four or five years. I don't know. I'm losing track of the time. I need to look and see when I first met Mike and first started seeing him. Look through some old notebooks, but all right. So Mike, he currently can't drive. He was in a car accident last year, can't drive. And um, so, yeah, his wife has been driving him most of the time. And then I I just pick him up on Wednesdays. Or he's been housebound a lot, but when he gets a ride with his wife, I pick him up on Wednesdays. And um, I had to go all the way out to Leavenworth to go pick him up. And uh, it's not that far from where I'm at. About a 30, 35 minute drive. So I've been picking up on Wednesdays. And it's been great because we have, we are able to do our part of our counseling session in the car. And then we talk usually for about another hour or so when we get to the church. I've been taking him to the church where he works at, right? On Wednesdays, Wednesday afternoon, sometimes in the morning. So, yes, speaking of that morning, yeah, uh, this is like last week, I think, last Wednesday, right? Yeah, this is last Wednesday when this happened. I, um, he, I thought he said pick him, I like, it was the 11th, yeah, that's how I got thrown off. He really wanted me to pick him up at 1045, but for some reason, I 11 a.m. was sticking in my head because I saw the 11th. Some reason 11 stuck out of my head more than 10:45, and the whole time he was leading up to that, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm good. I'll pick him up till 11. I got time." And then I was like, "Oh crap!" When it's time for the lead, I was like, "Oh, you said 10:45 a.m., not 11 a.m." But God is funny, right? He works in mysterious ways, and. Always, one of my quotes I say all the time is like, I'm never too early. I'm never too late. I'm always right on time. And this is not 
I am somebody that struggles with being on time to places because I'm very methodical. My brain moves way faster than my body. And sometimes it doesn't want to turn off. So it's I move very slow. It's not that I'm trying to move slow. It's because I'm constantly thinking about things. I like and I have, I had to stop saying that, Aaron, you need to stop overthinking or you overthink too much. It's like, no, this is how God made me. If anything, the biggest thing I need to work on is just like having peace, like taking all my thoughts, taking every thought captive and bringing them to the submission of God and allowing him to renew my mind daily and meditate on his word to not be anxious for anything. But through prayer and supplication, may my request be known to him and may the God of peace rule and reign in your heart. First Corinthians 4, 6, which, by the way, is hilarious because I shared that scripture with a brother at church on Sunday, and that very scripture was on the Bible app today. And then yesterday it was Philippians 4, 8, which was the other part of the scripture that I was going to share with that brother at church, but I was worried about time and not taking, like, because everybody was trying to leave the church, and I didn't want to take too long. I feel like one of my biggest beefs with church right now is everybody's on a time schedule. And I feel like church shouldn't have a time schedule at all, period. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, But uh, where was I? Um, Where was I, y'all? Oh, picked up my counselor. Got the times wrong. Got the times wrong, right? It was 11. I mean, 1045. I was supposed to pick them up. Not 11. But as I said, I'm never too early. I'm never too late. I'm always right on time. Because the Holy Spirit, the Lord, he leads He leads and guides me. God, yeah, and man makes plans, but God ultimately determines our steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. So, boom. I go pick up. Pastor Mike, right? And there's something about when you put two prophetic people in the same, in the car together and on the same journey in life, life gets very interesting. And I say that because I don't go around telling people I'm I'm a prophet. That's not my thing. I don't even want people to think I'm a prophet. I don't even... Let's just say God be showing me stuff, though, like 30 minutes to an hour before it happens. Sometimes it freaks me out. Sometimes the day before, sometimes the week before. But lately, especially lately, it's been like 30 minutes to an hour before. And a lot of times I'll be saying stuff to people and I even realize like it's not like that boastful type prophecy, like where people like God told me that you're moving to Chicago tomorrow, that your mom's name is Ashley. You have a mother named Ashley? No, I don't be doing that. Like, it literally be stuff like, I had two girls in my car the other day, and I started talking to them about how much I love North Carolina, and they're like, hey, we're, like, this the Carolinas in general, but especially North Carolina, because South Carolina a little racist. And they were like, yeah, we're actually going out to South Carolina next week for a trip. I'm like, "Uh, I didn't know that. I just just talking. Anyway, um, there's other stuff like that that happens. Anyway, all right, back to the story. So me and Mike are headed to um, this facility that he has to go to. Um, 
every week. And I can't really share too many details because, I don't know, in the future, maybe. We'll see. But for now, out of respect for him, not sharing too many details. So we had to go to this facility, right? And uh, <laughs> there was this, like, I'm there. And late, I, I try my best whenever I in, go anywhere, gas station, like anywhere, gas station, Chipotle, yeah, restaurants, wherever I'm at, right, throughout my day, whenever I'm stopped in my car and I'm anywhere, I try to look left to my left and look to my right, and I always try to find at least one to two people to witness to, right? This is my thing I've been doing a lot lately, more often than usual, right? And so I scan the room, I scan the setting, I scan the environment. And so um, I need to do this more with them when I'm with my kids. Sometimes when I'm with my kids, I don't do it as much, but um, I try to focus on them because you can get caught up in some long conversations with people when you start witnessing to them. All right, so, because you never know, you want to talk to that Jehovah Witness or that Muslim. Atheists and everybody else are easy to witness to because they don't really want to talk to you anyway. But, <laughs> all right, so, uh, come on, Aaron, land the plane. So, this is this story is supposed to be like five minutes at tops, but this is getting way longer than it's supposed to be. All right, so, it's me and Mike. Focus, Aaron. It's me and Mike. And we go into this place that he has to go to. And I see this guy. I'm just scanning the whole place. The, I'm scanning the... I'm parked outside while he goes in. I'm just scanning the parking lot. And I'm looking at different people like, hmm, talk to him. I should talk to him. I could talk to him. But I was like, nope, not yet, Aaron. And then I, there's this guy. Yeah, as Mike was walking in the building... This is a guy that holds the door open for Mike. Mike's 70 years old and he has he's was in a car accident. And he kind of walks with a limp. Alright, and so um shoot, Pastor Mike had a little bit of a limp, I think, before he had the car accident. But anyway, that's beside the point. So I'm not talking about a gangster limp. It's yeah, just anyway. Alright, so Mike is going in this building, right? This guy opens the door for him, and I'm like, that's who I need to talk to. But I hesitate, because I think I saw the dude walk. I don't know. For some reason, I hesitated. I didn't talk to him. I felt like he walked back out for a hot second after he opened the door for Mike, and I didn't talk to him. So anyway, he, but and then that guy eventually goes into the building. And then there's this other young white, and that dude was like Hispanic looking. There was this white boy who walks up, and he um, had a make a MAGA hat on, "Make America Great," Trump, and all that stuff. And I was like, "Him? That's who I need to talk to." So I get out of my car. And I hand him a Jesus Loves You card with like I think like John three sixteen on it or something like that, and start talking to him. And I'm like, and as I'm telling this story, I feel like I've seen this kid before. Or like lately, I've been having a lot of deja vu, even though I hear deja vu is apparently not like a good term for Christians to use. I have I have I've been having these moments where it feels like I've experienced these different scenarios before like the other day i helped a uh somebody in my church move in in the house we moved him into 
it like the there's a park behind the house and I I remember having a birthday party with my daughter when Tish and I were my ex-wife and I were married at that park and going to one of the houses down the street from that house in that in that same block it's wild so anyway boom I'm having this out-of-body experience because I'm like it almost feels like I've dreamed I've seen this kid before but I I'm never I really honestly in my like how do, how would I say this in my conscience not my sub, my subconscious I feel like I've seen this guy before or I've had this exact scenario happen in the future or in the past. I don't know. That's the thing because we're eternal beings technically. So for a Christian, they really should be experiencing what the world called deja vu all the time because anyway, that's a deeper conversation for another day. But let's just stay focused. All right. So that's something I don't think I'm a cuckoo as I explain this stuff. But so I'm, I go up to this kid with the MAGA hat on, I started talking to this white boy. I give him the Jesus Loves You card, and he's like, I'm asking him, I asked him if he is a Christian. He's like, yeah. He's like saying he reads the Bible, or he used to read the Bible all the time, and he said currently he's not us. And then, yeah, I always hit people that tell me they're Christians. The next question I ask is like, so what church do you go to? And he was like, oh, I haven't been to church in a long time. And he's like, to be honest, I haven't really read the Bible in a long time, too. He said, I used to read with my family all the time. but, And then he starts, somehow he starts talking about his partner, his boyfriend, and how much he loves his boyfriend. And how, yeah, like his parents, would, like his dad doesn't really know about it, but his mom and his family does. And anyway... The kid, I'll just say his name. His name is, I got to say his name. His name is Wyatt, right? Turns out the boy, kid's name is Wyatt. I ask him, how can I pray for him? He's like, can you just pray for me? And um, my dad, because he's scared of his dad, what his dad would think of him. Anyway. And I don't know, I have a soft spot for anybody who claims to be gay or any form of, of yeah, in the LBGTQ community. Not because I do that or live that lifestyle and I don't have any. I love women, just to be clear. I love women a lot. I wish I had a woman right now laying next to me. But I don't. So I'm team ladies all day. Um, so, but my father, before he passed, and I can say this, this is not out of disrespect for my father. Or just This is mainly for testimony and to help somebody. My dad battled with same-sex attraction before he passed. And I won't even say battle because... Yeah, his spirit man battled with. There we go. 
Yeah. And so, and honestly, in my heart of hearts, feel like it was the grace of God that allowed my father to pass on the glory to heaven. I'm not saying that, how do I say this in the most respectful kind of way? Like, yes, I feel like, I'm just going to say it. I feel like it was God's grace that took my dad out of here before he seriously got involved in that lifestyle, which is according to the Bible, read Galatians 5. Is it Galatians 5 or Galatians 6? Yeah, Galatians 5, it talks about the, the list of all the people that would not enter the kingdom of God, the sexually immoral. And so, um, in homosexuality, that LBGTQ community, that all is part of being sexually immoral and that, and it's just right along with all the drunkards and the liars and the thieves and all the other sins that will keep you from seeing the kingdom of God, entering the kingdom of God. And the only way, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So it's Jesus, the blood of Jesus, that cleanses us of all unrighteousness and sin. And yes, yeah, stay tuned to the end. You can listen to the Romans Road of Salvation. It talks about all this stuff. Man, this is getting to be very long. But anyway, all right, so Wyatt. Wyatt and I pray for Wyatt. Mike walks out, my counselor. And um, he's getting in the car. And I'm wrapping up this prayer with Wyatt. And um, turns out that Wyatt's boyfriend's name is Michael. My counselor's name is Mike. What are the chances? Anyway, just like the other day, I walked up to a kid. These two guys, these two guys, and one name was, and there, one was named Aiden, and the other one was named Joshua. And I told them, "Hey, I was like, my son's name is Aiden Joshua." Swow. Anyway, so I get in the car after interacting with this boy, this kid Wyatt, and I'm talking to my counselor. He's like, "Hey, I just," he's like. I just watched a show about Wyatt, Wyatt Earp. He's like, I was just thinking about Wyatt the other day. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I watched this show called Wyatt Earp. It's about some old gunslinger, country gunslinger named Wyatt Earp, E-A-R-P, E-A-R-P. For those old heads, you probably know what I'm talking about. I didn't know. So what's the point of me telling that long story? evangelism is more than just like an obligation. Yes, the Bible does say, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And like when, uh, whatever that scripture is where Jesus asked Peter, like, hey, he asked Peter, do you love me? He asked him three times. <laughs> you know, Peter denied him three times. So Jesus had to have a little inside joke. Like Jesus, you know what I mean? Like Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, yeah, I love you. He's like, do you love me? He's like, yeah, of course I love you. And he asks you a third time, do you love me? And Peter's like, of course, Jesus, I love you. Can't, like, what? Like, I'm sorry I, I denied you three times, but yeah, I, we, we, I thought we got past that. I love you. What, yeah, what more do you want from me? He's like, Jesus, like, if you love me, then feed my sheep. <laughs> Meaning, like, to actually disciple them, feed them the word of God. Be the hands and feet. Be my hands and feet. Tell people about me. 
feed them, feed them the gospel that will save them, what will sustain them, right? Minister them, preach the gospel. And so every time we go and we hand people like chick tracks or just tell people like, hey, Jesus loves you. Some like a lot of times that's all we got when we first some of us are so afraid, like we're afraid to evangelize more than public speaking. <laughs> to just talk to them, go up to a random stranger like I was listening to this podcast It's called the Perry's with the Perry's, whatever. And um, the husband, I can't think of his name, would say Mr. Perry. And uh, I just know him by his rap name. We his rap name is Swoop. And his wife, he doesn't mind evangelizing. But his wife, Jackie Hill Perry, which is hard to believe because she's a, she does a lot of, um, she's like a public speaker. She she's a she preaches all the time in in front of crowds of people, right? She doesn't like to just go up to strangers and evangelize, right? So she told this story about how. She, uh, her husband was at the airport talking to some Jehovah Witnesses and she went into this restaurant and got them a table to start. Yeah. And she starts talking to the server and the server is like, um, where's your, she starts ordering for her husband. And she's like, where's your husband? She's like, oh, he's over there evangelizing some Jehovah Witnesses. And I, the server, if I remember the story correctly, turns out the server was Jehovah, like raising Jehovah Witness or something like that. And they had this whole conversation. And that's the beauty. Like, that's what marriage is supposed to look like, where the two become one. And it's almost like it's almost like you're a duplicate of yourself. And but like the things about you the shortcomings that are the the things that are are not that might not be strengths in your own per your life, your wife will compliment you. And the strengths that she doesn't have, you make up for. And it's like, y'all are like this. It's almost like, what is it? What am I thinking of? A perfectly cracked egg shell. Or what's another example of something? Just imagine if, yeah, like a an Easter egg that's, you know, one of those plastic Easter eggs. And that has the candy on the inside or whatever. Um, I'm not here for the debates about whether or not Christians should, celebrate, should have Easter egg hunts. That's not what this is about. This is just to give an illustration. So say you have an Easter egg, right? A plastic one. That's what a marriage is supposed to be like. It's like you got this other half and say one is blue and the other one is red or something like that. And they come together and they unite. The The top half is blue, the bottom half is red. And they come together and they fit perfectly. It's something beautiful. There's way more illustrations I could use in examples. But anyway, my main point on evangelism Evangelism is actually kind of fun. <laughs> Even when you talk to the Muslims and the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons and the atheists. Um, and it's refreshing when you run across like actual genuine Christians. 
And a lot of times with them, I'm just like, hey, I'll give them a Roman's Road flyer. And I'm like, hey, we'll pass that on to somebody else who you think needs it. And encourage them to go evangelize, right? So just you just got to do it. Even if all you got is telling somebody, hey, Jesus loves you. Or for me, it helps me just having those Jesus loves you cards or the scripture on it. And I'll put like Psalm 147.3. I'll put John 4, John 3, 16, John 14, 6, Psalm 56, 8, Psalm 34, 18, Philippians 4, 6, 7, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it also helps you memorize scripture because as you're handing these out, like, you you know, they might ask you, like, hey, what is this even? What is this scripture? And it helps to be like, actually know it. And even if you don't know, you're like, I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> Google it. But anyway, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this. First of all, for Wyatt and Michael. I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. The seed was sown. Somebody else will come along and water it. And of course, you provide the sunshine. And both Wyatt and Michael will come out of that homosexual relationship. And... um there'd be a reconciliation between him and his father and that they will start, they'll surrender their lives to you and start going back to church. I pray for every seed that has been sown by myself and other Christians around this world that during these dark times that your grace will continue and your mercy will continue to shine brighter and brighter that many in these last days, you said in your word that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Lord, send out more workers, Lord. Help me to be even greater to work. Not that we to work to earn something, to earn cool points with you, Lord, but to work because we don't want to see people, not only we don't want to see people to go to hell or experience hell on here on earth, but your word says in John 10, 10, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you, Jesus, came that we have life. And have it more abundantly. That's ultimately what we're offering to people. An abundant life. So I just thank you, Jesus. That you're a good father. You're a gracious father. You're a kind father. There's no one like you. Help us to put on the... As we go out and start our day, we'll put on the helmet of salvation. For our salvation comes from you. We're saved by grace, not by works. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We are right standing only because of the blood of Jesus. What you, your son Jesus did on the cross. We take up the sword of the spirit, the word of God, which divides between soul and spirit. It's what we it's the, it's what we fight with. It's how we attack the enemy with the word of God, memorizing scripture, help us to recall scriptures that we can speak out loud whenever we're feeling attacked by the enemy, by our enemy, our adversary, Satan, who tries to accuse us and say that we're nothing, that we're worthless and that we're going to hell and that, that you don't love us. We just rebuke all those lies in the name of Jesus. And we also put on the shield of faith for faith without works is dead. Help us to actually show our faith by our works. 
Help us to have faith as small as a mustard seed so we can say to all of the mountains in our life to move, and the mountains in other people's lives move. For faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Help us to see the things that you see, to hear the things that you hear, and do the things that you've called us to do. We also put on the belt of truth in this world filled with lies, filled with deception, where people call wrong right and right wrong. Help us to gird up the whole and the whole outfit together with that belt of truth, to not be caught with our pants hanging down with our, yes, truth, truth. We need more truth. The truth of God's word, God's word, which sets us free. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And lastly, you put on the shoes of peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. For you are the God, the Prince of Peace. You are Shalom. Everywhere we go, pray that help us to be peacemakers. For your word, as you said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Thank you for this time of your word. It's been so long, Lord. As I figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of this day, whether I go to sleep or go out here and drive and work, whatever, cut my hair, lead, guide, order my steps, and help me to not walk in a spirit of fear. For you have not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Same thing for those listening. You've given them a spirit of fear. You have not given them the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I'll holler. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages or the cost of that sin is death. Or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.